This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a community access media station. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible. spend the next hour grooving to the theme music that'd be great i think so the theme music's <laughs> pretty good really i quite like it because you you picked the theme music i i think i picked the uh, the name yeah um, i think so and, and then i went forward and went oh let's just use this image with this lettering <laughs> on it and by the way did you know that it hides the words study and literacy in the dictionary pages that i've taken a photo of oh that's clever Tooken's not a word Tooken. <laughs> <laughs> we need your we need your writing book from when you were five again. It's probably in there somewhere. It, it probably is. The one thing that I was disappointed about in that writing book. Mm. So when I was little, my J's always faced the wrong way. Oh. Because I thought they were lonely. Aww. And they had their back to all the letters, so I turned them around so that they weren't lonely. And That's the teacher kept trying to correct us, but it's lonely that way. Yeah. <laughs> would you prefer to be correct or would you prefer to have friends? It's actually a really good life lesson, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of is. Yeah. Would you prefer to be correct all the time or do you want to have friends and company and love? I think friends, company and love is more important. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> you guys are all listening to a study in literacy, by the way. Yes. Yeah. I honestly, I forgot that <laughs> for about a minute. <laughs> we have been sitting here chatting about all this other random yeah. stuff, um, and then I was just like, started playing the theme music. Yeah. So Luke was a bit unprepared. I was, well, I was, I was grooving. I was <laughs> grooving to the music. Yeah. When I when I listened to uh, the first episode, because I'm vain like that. Um, it came on, I thought, it's pretty good. I didn't know that that was what, what you, I would say we. Yeah, it's technically <laughs> called Mold Breaker. Mold Breaker. As an M-O-U-L-D. We are a couple of mold yeah, breakers. That's what yeah, that's And I was yeah. like, it fits and it's groovy and uh, the name was kind of cool. Yeah. So, you know. So, you mentioned, was it today or yesterday, um, that you wanted to talk about a very specific oh, kind yes. of writing. So, I thought if question for both of us really if we were to write a book not mm. together separately what genre would it be and what kind of world would it be set in i'm writing about five different things right now <laughs> so i have some options i think you go with all five and you have to tell us about all of them well one of them is a story for uh, it's set in the warhammer 40k universe mm -hmm. uh, and i am using i'm taking inspiration from uh, the Temple by H.P. Lovecraft, the one where mm. uh, the German guy gets stuck in a submarine. I did not like that story. <laughs> I don't like underwater and stuff like that. Claustrophobic. <laughs> yeah, it freaked me out a little yeah. bit. So uh, this is, um, I'll, I'll spare you the, the jargon of the world because no one will know what the heck I'm talking about. So um, there's these uh, soldiers and they end up, uh, they are on a war-torn world, they're getting overrun, there's only about like 10 of them left out of their whole army and they go, okay, we need to hunker down, we need to go underground and they discover these uh, ruins and uh, in the world of 40k, humans are very, very zealous and anti-Xenos. Um, any, because uh, there's all sorts of like alien races and stuff out there. And oh, yeah. uh, they have this god emperor that they uh, worship. And so they find all these Xenos ruins and they start to demolish it. But 
of uh, there's this alien race called the Necrons who have basically magic science. They can do anything with pure science. I don't know if my brother's got that army or if I've just seen pictures, but I like that. They're I like the that one. They're the, they're the spooky skeleton. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, one I want him to get if he hasn't got it. If he has got it, he hasn't painted it the colours I want it. I've got some. I've got some. What colour do you want? I want everything to be purple, or either purple and green or purple and pink, or got, purple and orange. I'm doing blue. I'm doing no. like a purplish blue. With orange? Uh, I could put some orange yeah, in there. Put some orange yeah, in there, I'm that'd be cool. Um, but this story, um, uh, these these Necrons, they are underground and they start to wake up. And uh, these particular ones are rather uh, curious hmm. about what sorts of noises humans make when they undergo certain types of stress. And so the whole thing, I'm trying to write it, that it's like a slow burn where these guys are underground and things keep happening, but they think they're imagining it. And I'm doing my best to try and write it so that even the reader is like, are they imagining it or is it actually happening? And it's all these mind games being played by um, basically like a sorcerer type creature. Mm. Uh, And... One because I love my uh, my one liner dramatic things, much like Lovecraft did. Mm-hmm. Where um, in the in some at some point during the story, not at the end, uh, but the whole time that they've been in this huge cave system, which seems to move on its own, they turn around and at one point they want to leave, and they go, "How do we get out?" It's, it's moved. Yeah, it's creepy. Like, the exit was right here, and I'm going to be implementing things like um, they want to walk forward. But the people behind them say, how are you doing that? And they're walking up the wall. So gravity and physics has all been mishmashed. So it uh, unsettles them even further. They start to think they're going insane. Sounds good. And uh, then the the big dramatic line partway through it is that there's this noise that's been droning on the whole time they've been down there. And it's the language of these creatures. And they've been trying to translate it to figure out what the hell it is. They realise, they figure out that it's a language and they go, okay, what is it saying? And uh, the dramatic moment is when the guy translating it turns to the commissar, who's like the sergeant. um, And he says, and you freak down. The commissar says, what is it? What is it saying? And it says, it's calling us, it's playthings. (laughs) And it's just um, the psychological torture um, that these yeah. guys are undergoing. That would be horrible to be in a, <laughs> stuck in a cave system that somewhere you that you can't leave. get out of. Shit's happening to you that's you messing you up. You don't know what's hunting you. And you just <laughs> hear them go, you're my plaything. Yep, <laughs> that's right. Uh, and I'm taking inspiration from a, a video game where there's mm. a creature sort of like that where it's uh, it's not from this world and it's very curious. Um, mm. And I'll be, I'll be using things like... Um, uh, it appears to be calling for its maternal unit. So it's like a really scientific way of saying, yeah, they're calling for their mothers. Yeah. <laughs> I remember my... Because my brother's got quite a few Warhammer 40k books, mm. um, the novels of whatever. There's and hundreds There's of so many. And I remember Dad borrowed one once because he had nothing to read when we were over there. And he was right. like, after a while, he was like, it's actually just like a war novel. Yep. If you get past the armies being called different things and yeah. people having weird names, <laughs> it's basically just a war novel. Yeah. Yep. The, the names are 
absolutely ridiculous. I don't even know how to pronounce some of them. It's like, that's just like, yeah, again, the Scrabble board's just being picked up, mm-hmm. thrown across the room mm-hmm. and gone, yeah, that'll do. The the big thing about the 40k universe is that it uses sort of a faux Latin sort of thing. Um, in, in the universe of it, the humans have high Gothic and low Gothic. To them, we right now, we are speaking low Gothic because no, we're, we're the plebeians, we're the commoners. Whereas high Gothic, they call things, um, like, in, instead of calling it uh, like, oh, yeah, the the administrators. Oh, no, it's the administratum. Oh, and it's this ridiculous faux Latin. It's a load of nonsense. But it sounds fancy and yeah. sciencey and fantasy. And it's a lot of fun. I like it. <laughs> I like it. So what's one of your other ones? Um, I have got... Um, I'm writing uh, sort of like for D&D as well. Um, when I get an idea for running games for people, I also get an idea like a spin-off. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> to try and write just like a, a, a narrative of some sort. Um, and I'm trying my hand at comedy. I'm trying to write mm-hmm. some funny stuff, but I'm really immersed in the horror world right now. I find writing comedy is so much harder because with writing it, like there's no body expression, yep. there's no facial expression, there's no change in tone or anything mm-hmm. like that. And it's like... It just can be read so many different ways. Yeah. It's because so much of comedy is the execution of it. It is. And the telling it at the right pace. Mm-hmm. And the punchline at just the right moment. Yeah. Yeah. And then if it, if it falls over, you have to try and recover. Yes, yes. <laughs> and, like, the recovery as much as anything sometimes is the best part. Oh, yeah. Or when you watch people and, like, the stand-up comedians and they just keep a joke going, but they know when to stop it. Mm-hmm. Some don't, and they keep on going. You're just yeah. like, yeah, I'm over this bit now. Now, like, yep. move on to the next You could one. have stopped three minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what about you? What sort of what sort of thing would you want well, to write? Well, okay, so I did try writing a book once. Mm-hmm. Um, it got stuck on my old computer because I stupidly password protected it and then forgot the password because okay. I couldn't get back into it. And it's not like online where you can just go, oh, I forgot yeah. password, please email yeah. me my password. It was on... There's a different version. It wasn't Word. It was like a different company that had a Word type document that you could password protect. Oh, yes. So, I, I mean, I did that back when I started writing that book. Um, it was it was just like a... Well, it's probably aimed to be like a true story, but it's not a true story. I was writing about someone who was walking around New Zealand for some unknown reason, like a teenager. Mm. And I thought, yeah, no, that's kind of a stupid idea anyway. We'll probably <laughs> never pick up that story and keep going with it. <laughs> Um, but at the time, I'd just got an atlas, and I love atlases. And oh, I was like, yes. going, oh, you could probably walk. And I was like working it out on how far I could walk mm-hmm. in a day and be like, oh, if you do like that length of wool and you like do it around how far could you get a New Zealand or whatnot. Now, if I was trying to book, probably it'd be fantasy of some kind, okay. but probably set in like the real world, just a slightly exaggerated, elaborate version Ooh, of I the see. real world. What sort of magic would you go for? Would you go for Jack Vance style magic, or would you go uh, Lord of the Rings? I'd probably probably not magic. It'd just be fantasy. It'd probably be like I don't know, like vampires, werewolves, okay, or either or maybe some zombies in there, right? Depending what I went with. Um, the book I'm reading at the moment's got angels and vampires, which I find is an interesting mix. Yes, no zombies. You mentioned no that werewolves. the other day. What's it called? 
I don't know what this particular book is, but it's the Guild Hunter series. <laughs> Guild Hunter series, okay. Yeah. So the Guild is the Guild Hunters hunt rogue vampires. Because mm. so the plot of the story, the premise is that to be made a vampire, you need the angels need to do it, or the archangels need to do it. Okay. Um, and then once they make you, you have to be their servant or a servant to one of the angels they pick for a hundred years. Ooh. And then after that, you can go live your life, do whatever you want. Oh, good. And they do pay you for it. Oh, okay. But yeah, but there's a lot of people that sign up and go, oh, yeah, hundred years is fine. Mm-hmm. And then like twenty years, and they're like, nah. Right. And they run away, and then the guild gets uh-huh. rung, and the guild hunters have to go out. And catch, and the guild hunters can scent, like they can tell the different scents between the right. vampires, so they know which one they're tracking. Mm-hmm. They can tell where it's been. And I quite like that because it's set in, like it's set in the world. The main part is taking place in New York. Mm-hmm. And like the city's, as it is, a bit different because the archangel built it as opposed to people. Right. But like India is still India. It's got the saris and the vibrant colours and the elephants mm-hmm. and all of that. It just. Instead of having presidents, kings and stuff, you've, you've got these other things controlling everything. Yeah, that was the thing that interested me about it, where um, you were talking about if uh, if they were to wage war. Oh, it's starting. Oh, really? It's oh, yeah. kicking off? Luan, I think it's Luan. I don't know how to say her name. I call her Luan. She's decided that she wants to take down Raphael. So she's got, I think it's... What, the turtle? Yeah, the turtle. <laughs> I'm the Archangel. And he's he's New York. She's somewhere in, like, the Middle East or a- mm-hmm. Europe or somewhere. And so she's got someone who's helping her, and he's kind of got a couple of allies, but the problem is neither of them can leave their lands undefended to actually come and defend, like, help him, because their stuff all borders her territory. Oh, okay. And she's got a big enough army that if she leaves even a few... So they're like, like, Elijah's like, yeah, I'll come help kind of, but I can't leave my own land, kind of right. thing. And Kellyanne's another one who said, I'd love to help, but I can't really leave my own hand, land, right. kind of thing. I've got, I've, got, I've got some buns in the oven yeah. and I'm, I'm making tea. And like, I like it though, because it's like, it's kind of how the world goes in a sense. Like, you yeah. can't just up and leave because yeah. you want to help your friend. Like, sometimes you're like, I'd love to come help you, but I mean, I've got work. I can't just do yeah. work. I've got or, stuff to do. I've got stuff. I've made these commitments. Yeah. <laughs> I've, got, I've got my own stuff, mm. man. You're just going to have to. Yeah. But I mean, because the other archangels are sitting there and they're like, well, they could come help and bring all their soldiers, but mm-hmm. then all their people would die. And right. they're primarily there to make sure their territory, the people in their territory are thriving. So... Because you mentioned something about um, that you can't attack another one's land unless they are there. Yeah, they've got this weird thing, but it turns out Luan's kind of gone a little bit nuts. She's been alive for like a year. So it's not like a celestial bond. It's just like an agreement that they have. Yeah, it's kind of like a polite agreement. Just like if someone's throwing a ball and you turn up, you're not going to attack them there because you're a guest. Gotcha, okay. But it is, it's kind of more just a polite agreement mm. than an actual set in stone rule. So if so if these archangels and angels and stuff, um, do you say they're like werewolves, vampires? They're vampires. And, okay. Um, Luan's kind of started making zombies. They're called mm. the undead. The un- Of course they are. Of course they are. Um, her first lot went a little bad because she made them still a little bit too aware so they knew what had happened to them and they 
would try and kill themselves oh. because they knew that they weren't human anymore. But they can't die because they're undead. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, Unless one of the others could chop their head off or something. That's messed up. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> so that went, really well like, done. chaotic. Yeah. Um, the new ones, not aware. They just follow orders. Okay. So they just go kill people, That's basically. Cool. One of the books that I loved, speaking of zombies, have you read um, The Zombie Survival Guide by Max Brooks? I feel like I have read it. It's a fantastic um, parody, but kind of serious book about... It's like a serious hypothetical um, that it puts aside all of the Hollywood stuff of it where it sets out, okay, if it actually happens, if zombies actually do happen this is what you actually need to do. And it puts aside all of the tropes and everything. I've either read that one or one very similar. Yeah, uh, could have been um, World War Z. I read that one as well. Which is the... The film is nothing like the book. No. Because the book is a, a, like an anthology. Which I've had a lot of. of people that have read... Or talked to quite a few people that have read the book thinking it's going to be like the movie and mm. they've hated it. It's like, you've got to go on with an open mind. Like It's not the same. That's right. The movie was based on the book and the yeah. way around. And I don't... They're so different that I don't know if one is better. Mm. Like Sometimes I find that happens. It's like, oh, that's... Like, it's got the same characters and the same yeah. kind of start point. But then they go so different. It's like, I don't <laughs> know if you can compare them anymore. Yeah. I, um... There's this really cool uh, podcast called Lore, I think, um, where it modernises... There might be a different one, but there's this podcast that modernises old stories. So there's, uh, like, the story of Frankenstein. Hmm. Uh, and it get, it's been rewritten to use modern language. I've not read Frankenstein, but I believe a lot of people get it wrong when they like they talk about which was which and whatnot. Mm, well, it's it's the whole debate. Uh, Frankenstein weird. was the monster. No, he wasn't. Well, actually, he was because morally. Uh... Uh, <laughs> I haven't read it though, so I can't really comment. It's just a big old monster book. Yeah, I mean, isn't it just like a basic horror? There's a baddie that's you know, you got to kill him or something. Well, kind of the version that I heard, which was this. M- not quite modernised, but the language was modernised, not the entire story. Um, Frankenstein's monster, Frankenstein, whatever you want to call it, mm. the creature, um, is sentient, and it's chasing this girl like across the country or across the world, um, and she's because he, he's in love with her. Okay. And she it's a is bit stalkerish. Yeah, it is very stalkerish uh, from from how it was how this was portrayed, where she's like on a train, she's looking out the window, and she sees this like figure in the woods keeping pace with the train. Ooh, <laughs> I mean, trains go decent pace even trains back then. Trains go pretty quick. <laughs> But it was really good. I'd recommend it to, to some people. Yeah. I've, I've found um, a very cool um, podcast, which is which has been written. It's brand new. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, not brand new, but it's it's original. It's an original. It's called The White Vault. Very, very Lovecraft, this one. Mm-hmm. Team of people go to the... Uh, uh, go to somewhere um, in Norway or Iceland. Um driving snow, they're in this bunker and they were called out to do a repair but things start to happen. Of course they do. They all get stuck in this unnatural winter storm and uh, they're all trying to figure out what's going on because the first few few episodes of it, they're about 20 minutes each. 
everything's all normal, it's totally oh, yeah, fine. Yeah. You know, there's a hiccup here and there and they they find that they suddenly become isolated with it. Oh, we've got plenty of food and things get worse and worse and worse. You should never think you've got plenty of food. Absolutely like, ever, not. even when you're tramping and you get a little <laughs> bit lost, don't even go, oh, yeah, it's all right, we've got plenty of food. Yeah. Carry-on rationing is normal. Yeah. Um, in mine and my dad's case, continue rationing the whiskey and the coffee because they do run out. <laughs> Especially if you start to panic. Don't panic. I don't think we've ever panicked. I did. We did extend a tramp significantly. And I remember saying to him, should we tell mum where we are? And he's like, no, she'll tell us off. <laughs> That's what you're worried about. So no one knew where we'd gone because we didn't want to be told off by mum. Mm. Yeah. Well, here's an, another interesting story that uh, you could look into. Uh, missing 404, I think it is, or 403. Uh, it's people that have gone missing no. across the US without a trace... No. I plan to go on holiday to the People US one day, know. so no. <laughs> Just no. Where do, where do you plan on going? I don't know. I, I want to go well, back. I'm going to go to Portland, and then me and my friend who lives in Portland are going to right. a road trip somewhere. I want to go back to San Francisco. That was quite nice. Uh, but whenever I talk about it to someone, they're like, no, don't go back there. And I'm like, what are you talking about? It was really nice when I went there. I, I, if I could pick places, I'd like to go to San Francisco. I'd like to go to Seattle. Mm. I would like to go to New Orleans. Don't mean uh, New Orleans. New Orleans. <laughs> I'd like to live in New York City for a while. I you, think you've got to do uptown and downtown. Right. You want you want you want to go to Philly? Nah, not really. <laughs> and I need to go to Las Vegas for the bull riding world champs. Because mm. why not? Mm. San Fran is worth it just for Alcatraz. That was a cool place. Yeah. Very very cool place. We found a one legged pigeon and we named it Norman. <laughs> and then on our way. Because we went to, uh, no, we, we found a one-legged pigeon in England, in Oxford Park, and we named him Norman. And then when we came back to New Zealand, we did um, a few days in San Francisco. There was a one-legged pigeon. So we're like, oh, it's Norman. He's followed us. <laughs> There's an, I can't remember which park I was in in London, but I was in a park. And they, I mean, they've got these squirrels everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I was eating, I don't know, cake or something. And I was like, and it like <laughs> looks at, like, it's down at my feet. I was like, I wouldn't dare run up me. Bloody thing to Oh, yeah. I was like, what, what are you doing? I was like, switch the cake to the other hand. It runs over. It's like, no, mm-hmm. no, no. The point is you get off me. I want my cake. Yeah. Didn't think it would actually climb on me. Yep. Welcome to the food and travel show. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, well, on travel, though. Yes. Is there anywhere that you have, maybe not, not wanted to visit, but not thought about going to, but after reading a book based there, whether Ooh. it's been fantasy, real life, whatever, that you've then thought, actually, I wouldn't mind going over the, there. The way that the United States is portrayed in books makes it very, very appealing. Yes. Um, I think I'd like to go to a place like the Bahamas. Uh, like, you know, one of those uh, stereotypical beach resorts. Um, uh, I read one of the uh, one of the James Bond books once. Yeah. And that was, uh, they did a film, of course, about it. But after reading the book, I was like, Cuba sounds quite nice. Yeah. Yeah. Go to Havana. Yeah. Oh, I think Havana's Cuba. Um, honestly, Brazil. I wouldn't mind checking out Brazil. Yeah. Um, after reading plenty of books featuring Brazil. <laughs> I think all the ones I read for South America are about 
people that got lost in the Amazon rainforest. So <laughs> not so much something I want to go do. <clears throat> That's something that I that I'd written for one of my D and D campaigns. It's set on an alternate universe Earth, mm-hmm. where um, it's um, the 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 campaign I call it Veils of Earth, mm. and it's um, like Magitech steampunk, um, magic returned 150 years ago. Nice. And people are still kind of getting to grips with it. Yeah. Uh, there are a few people who have really got a handle on it. There are academies. Um, there are, um, the way that I wrote it, I had this big preamble where street magicians who had been saying that they knew magic for years found they could suddenly actually breathe fire with an incantation. Um, but, of course, then that comes with... Because that's a thing that I've started to pay more attention to is implications in writing. Mm. It, it, I don't think it's enough to just write, this thing happened. You think, okay, what effect does it have on world yeah. politics, for instance? Well, yep. So what happens if magic were to come back today? Yep. What would change in politics? Well, it depend if the politicians got magic as well. Because suddenly magic means divination, mind reading... See, to me, it depends on what sort of magic, because not every magic includes mm, mind reading. Yeah. And not every magic means everyone can do it. But, yeah, exactly. <clears throat> because I think of um, I think of in Dungeons and Dragons terms, because that's what I'm most familiar with. Uh, there are spells that can control thoughts, telekinesis, things like that. But you can look at things like um, um, Jim Butcher's The Dresden Files. That's a very cool fantasy, modern day fantasy. It's a guy, uh, Harry Dresden. He is a sorcerer. Mm-hmm. He's a he's a warlock. He has this um, it's this eons dead. Uh, guy in a skull that he can summon and he's got all the, this magical lore and he's his wizard staff is like a hockey stick <laughs> I quite like that it's, yeah I'd recommend dressing vials I would quite like if I was magic and I had a wand mm. I would like it to be a knitting needle oh yeah ah. so it could be a self defence weapon as yeah. well as a <laughs> well I used to quite often have a knitting needle on me and I was doing some knitting the other weekend forgetting I cut my hair and just instantly like in between put the one needle that's got no will on it in my to put it mm. in my hair and it's like just fell on the back of the couch. It's like <laughs> yeah, that didn't work. <laughs> one of the things that I um that I remember writing uh to a friend of mine because we were discussing uh, magic and spirituality and stuff and I said honestly I think magic is actually real but not in the way that we know it from literature yeah because you think um, once again this is coming from like uh, gaming terminology and things like that so you think okay there are people who can basically control people's minds with the power mm. of their voice cult they leaders pretty much are yep Cult yeah. leader. And I think, yeah, that's like a charm person spell who yeah. they can just use their voice and people will believe anything they say just yeah. by the pure force of will. Um, some people, um, you genuinely say, this person has a good vibe. And I'm like, yeah. in a way, that's a kind of magic, isn't it? I mean, to me, cities have good and bad vibes. Yes, There are absolutely. cities I won't live in because their vibes are bad. Yep. It's like, I'm going to say, really <laughs> have a vibe. Uh, Night time is definitely the most magical time because you oh, look yeah. outside and you go, it's not a good vibe. <laughs> <laughs> There's some places that are really good at night time. Mm-hmm. And I think that says a lot about a place if it's still got yes, good vibes at night. Definitely. 
Um, what would you say is a, is a good vibe at night time? I would say well lit. <laughs> Net, not necessarily has anything to do with the lighting, just if it feels like the city's still alive mm-hmm. and there's still stuff happening and people are still happy. Yeah. Like when at going home from work time, a lot of the time it's like hey, everyone's just mm. man, going home from work. But if they're still like looking forward to something, I think that adds to a good vibe. That's an interesting part of writing as well in terms of how the day and night is written. Mm. Would you, in in your hypothetical fantasy, I think you picked yeah. um, book, would you base it mainly? Actions happening at night or during the day? Probably night. Night time, yeah. Um, either night time or really early morning. Uh, I don't know why. Just would, but on randomly on travel again because mm. the good vibe thing made me thought of it. So Brighton loved Brighton, Brighton over in the UK. But every time I've read about it in a book, would not want to go there. <laughs> yeah, in actual terms, it was amazing. I read about Cornwall once, and I never want to go there because of this one time I, wrote, <laughs> I read about it. Uh, but uh, apparently it's quite a nice place. <laughs> I think so. I can't remember if I went there or not. I do know I want to go to... Oh, I can't remember which Scandinavian country it is, but I read, like, a murder mystery trilogy from mm-hmm. there. And, I, I mean, okay, people in the town were dying, and, you know, there's this <laughs> mysterious thing, raping young girls and killing them, but the descriptions but of the town and the countryside sounded so incredible. I was like, I want to go it's there. It's really nice. I'll take my chances. It's just, it's, yeah, it sounded really pretty, and it sounded like if they found the murder, it'd be a nice place to yeah. live. People were friendly. Yeah, that's what yeah. they said about Jack the Ripper. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it did turn out. It was it was something like the mayor or the oh, okay. that was doing it. But everyone trusted everyone. Interesting. Here's one for you. If you were writing a murder mystery mm-hmm. and you had, you know, the the standard layout, you've got the butler, you've got the um, the the patriarch, you've got the matriarch, you've got the um, the serving boys and serving girls. Who would be the murderer? Who would you make be the murderer? And what would their motivations be, and who would have who would they have killed? Huh. I think it'd be the matriarch. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know how pissy us females can get sometimes. <laughs> over would, really little things. Would this matriarch be a redhead? Yeah. <laughs> of course. So who who would she have killed? Well, I'd probably like either the butler or a serving boy that got it wrong. Mm. Oh, They'd been really? told once too many times I and she see. just couldn't be bothered repeating it because they weren't learning. Yeah. Firing is so complicated these days. You've got to go through all the red tape, you got to do the payout, yeah. got to give the notice. They've got time to screw up yeah. in that notice period. And then the next question is, uh, if because um, by the sounds of what you just said, the attitude sounds like she wouldn't have done this herself. She would have gotten someone else to do it. Of course. So who was in on it? Probably someone who didn't live there. Mm, okay. Maybe like a postman or a mailman that's or milkman that's bringing something to the door, and she's just like, "Hey, come borrow you for a sec." <laughs> He's like, "Sure." He's like, "Something I need you to pick up," and then you know, a, a body. <laughs> you have to kill it and then you cut have, it away. You have to kill it. <laughs> just kill it, cut it away. Your job's done. I'll pay you. Wow. Obviously, rich family. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. always a rich family. Yeah. Have yeah. you seen um, Knives Out? I really wanted oh, it's to. It's so good. It's so good. We are absolutely watching that. <laughs> I went to the movies and watched it. I missed fantastic. it. Like, I knew it was coming and I was like, I've got to go watch that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what, did it finish? <laughs> I did not think that I would enjoy Daniel Craig with an American accent. 
What's his normal accent? He's British. I don't uh, know if I've seen him in the He was he was James Bond. I've never seen James Bond. Um he he was in Snatch. No, uh in the Italian job. The yeah, remake one. Oh, no, I saw the original. Mm. Dad decided that I needed to see the proper one. <laughs> the proper one. The proper one. <laughs> I didn't really like it. Okay. <laughs> so would so would this murder have been a murder or a or would it have been made to look like a suicide? I think the body would have just totally disappeared. Body would just disappear. Would have been fed to pigs they just or never dogs or came something. Back. Yeah. Okay. And she would just say, um, they just told them off one too many times and they left. I guess they couldn't handle it. I guess they couldn't handle it. <laughs> yeah. And then obviously some cop or some person in the town finds mm, one of the very phones suspicious. or something and they're like, I don't think they just left. They were my friend. And there's this weird thigh bone just sitting over yeah. here. What's going that on? wasn't there before. It's human. Okay. You know. So then I... Cause the I don't think it'll ever be proven that it's hers. Everyone will know she did it. Right. But they won't be able to convict her on it. Ah, interesting. Because I, I like ones like that where you know who did it, but... But you have the frustration of like... Yeah, you have the frustration that the police are actually... They've got their hands tied. They have to go through yeah. proper channels. They can't actually convict based on that, even though they know. Yeah. That's what I like about the sea cliff. Mm. <laughs> that, that's what that big twist that... It, right at the flipping beginning um that's what really that's what i really enjoyed about it because i always i mostly hate any kind of scene where the cops get the people right at the beginning and ha 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 they get away because they can't book him mm. but if if you keep the whole interrogation room out of it uh, how the sea cliff did it was that um yeah they just straight up got away and they couldn't even stop them yeah legally um it, things like that show to me how how hard it must be to be a police yes. person when you know, like, we've got one that we talk to on the station here. Oh, and, police officer? Yeah. <gasps> oh, and cool. every so often, she'll be like, oh, yeah, we know who did it. We just have to collect the evidence right. to prove it. And it's like, how frustrating must oh, that yeah. be to go, we know who did this. <laughs> we just need to somehow now prove it. Yeah. Yeah, that's the that's the. I hesitate to say the problem with the law because that makes me sound like some yeah. sort of anarchist. <laughs> we should have no laws. Oh, we should have no laws. We should have the purge. I think redheads should govern. Yes. Yeah. Yep. I think we'd do quite good. I I think stuff would change every day. I, probably. I think gamers should be the foreign policy advisors. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> How could that go wrong? I don't know, and Liberians, because I'm technically a Liberian, oh. trained and qualified. Mm -hmm. um, I think we should have some power as well, because Liberians are cool. They yeah. know so much stuff. Yeah. They, or they just sit and read books. My, my librarian, uh, well, both of them actually, um, Hastings Intermediate one and the Academy one, uh, both actually took the time to get to know the students mm. and to get to know what they liked, what they didn't like, would actively speak to them. Yeah, I worked at my school library. Mm -hmm. So it was good. And then until Gay was our librarian, and there was one day she's like, Jill, I was like, what? And she's like, you've had this book out like four times this year. And I'm like, it's a good book. <laughs> it's a good like, book, yeah. Yep. I mean, I'd had it out years before that as well. I was like, I like this book. And she's like, um, you're a bit past this reading level. I was like, mm. but I like this one. <laughs> I was, because I, I was, I, I think it was um, uh, you that I was talking to the other day where I never thought that I'd end up on radio. Mm. Technically, I have already done news reporting before when I was quite young. Ooh. And I've only just remembered it. 
um, talking about uh, talking about all this stuff. Uh, at Hastings Intermediate, I, there was a school paper, mm-hmm. and for whatever reason, I joined it. <laughs> uh, I don't know how long I was part of it. It's so long ago now. I could probably go and find like records or something. But yeah, uh, I I don't know. Maybe I was born for this. Although the fact that I can't remember much about it probably means that I wasn't paying much attention. Probably not. <laughs> I when I was younger, I don't think I ever wrote for a paper, but I was in the paper a little bit with girl guiding and different oh, awards yeah. and different things that I did. And mm-hmm. Mum ever so kindly kept them, and I've thrown almost all of them out <laughs> since she's given them back to me. Oh, <laughs> my dad's given me a bunch of um, uh, books and stuff. He, he had, as it turns out, I had no idea, uh, a bunch of my old um, certificates. Mm. Uh, for like NCA and things like that. My so my mum had kept all my old certificates, and most of them meant nothing because mm-hmm. basically I got awards for being happy at school. <laughs> Turns out all the junior school Jill got an award for being happy. Well, that was nothing your, academic. That's been your life dream, hasn't I'm it? Pretty much. I mean, <laughs> I was fulfilling my life's purpose from a young kid. Yeah. But I also got some computer award when I was. I was, I think, nine mm-hmm. or ten. This is back before Windows existed. We had the stupid DOS, DOS system. <laughs> yeah. Hated that. <laughs> but, yeah, apparently I won some award in North Taranaki for my computer nice. skills. I'm like, ah, oh, sweet, now I'm a technician. I got, <laughs> I got a... I got an award. I don't know which one it was. It's probably in that pile of certificates. You should go through that pile of I should go through it. Um, and there was the Australasian Writing Competition... I only ever did the Australasian maths competition. And How did you get a writing one? Maths can go heck itself. <laughs> <laughs> I probably would have said the same about writing. Yeah. <laughs> and so there was there was this competition, and I don't know who it was, but I was pushed by one of my teachers to enter. Uh, and this Hazen Intermediate, whoever it was, thank you, because I apparently did quite well. Oh, I, nice. I think I got in the top 5% or something. Well done, Which is you. pretty good, apparently. I don't know what I wrote. I got to <laughs> so the first ever Australasian science test <gasps> that I did. I got in the top 5%. Pure mm-hmm. fluke. I suck at science. <laughs> Just got the right guesses for A, B, C, or D, right. basically. Yep. But maths, I think I was usually in the top 15. Mm. That was what I was good at, so... Maths was not at all. I had the means to get better at it, but I wanted to play video games. <laughs> I enjoyed maths. <clears throat> Sorry. I enjoyed maths. I, and to me, English was only good when it was just reading your book. Right. I didn't much appreciate have to write and learn mm. how sentences are formed and paragraphs and all that. It's like, I just want to read my book. Right. Yeah. The thing that I had a problem right. <laughs> I the thing that I had a problem with um at one point was we were we were challenged to write a story that had no dialogue. And that huh. I found to be very difficult. I'm just thinking in my head how that would work. It yeah. would be hard. Um I I messed it up. Um, a couple of times. I don't know how old I was. I was pretty young. Quite a few of my ones from my book I brought in would have counted. Mm. There wasn't much dialogue yeah. in those. And this was... There was also not many full stops. <laughs> <laughs> Just like Lovecraft. <laughs> and so this was... I think it was Hastings Intermediate. And we were told the class is an hour. You know, welcome to class. Mm-hmm. You have an hour. Write a story. And that was the hour. We had wow. to just write with 
a story with no dialogue. I did write a story. But there was dialogue. But the mistake that I made was, because I was trying oh. to get around it, but I was trying to get around it the wrong way. Because there is a way to put in dialogue, quote-unquote, and it's to state that something was said yeah. rather than saying the thing itself. And that's where I messed up. I had written uh, a classic... It was inspired by a video game that I really liked... Uh, and it was all all the sci-fi military stuff going on, and there was this big attack on the base. And instead of uh, what I should have done was writing down that when the, this big attack started, that uh, alarms sounded, alerts were called, things like that. But what I had done was I had I deliberately written in dialogue when I shouldn't have. When I was writing it, I should have realised I was I was like 11, 12. <laughs> yeah. And so that was... I ended up writing in... It was something like um, people were running around saying things such as... And then I would go, yes. quote, blah, blah, blah. And it's entirely wrong. I shouldn't you have You should have, have said things like, da-da-da, we said... Would that no, that, that would have also been wrong because that would have that would have been including the words yeah. that were being spoken. See, so, my mistake would have been because I was like, oh yeah, that wouldn't be too hard to write. It's like, yeah, I've just done a whole bunch of internal dialogue in my <laughs> mind in the story that I'm writing with no dialogue. It's like eternal dialogue, still dialogue. Yeah, <laughs> I always, I always hate. Is it dialogue or dialogue? U E on the end, yeah, or no U E on the end. No, it's got a U E on, doesn't it? I don't know. I think it does. <laughs> Maybe it's one of these country things, like flavour with the O U R or just the O R. Oh, that's not a country thing. That's an American thing. It's a country. They spell it different to this country. <laughs> Therefore, it's a country thing. Oh, but maybe dialogues like that. Oh yeah, I guess catalogue. Maybe catalogue. Yeah, program. Although, no, there is a stark difference between that. Really? Program like a P-R-O-G-R-A-M-M-E is like uh, this broadcasting program. Well, that's good because that's how our website spells it. And then, and then you've got program P-R-O-G-R-A-M. You program something into a computer. I okay. think that's the difference. Well, I hope so because... When, when Rebecca comes in for the interview... We'll check. We can, we can use the entire hour... To just say, how is this spelled? Yeah, how is this word properly <laughs> Using said? her probably 20 plus years of experience, we're going to use her as a dictionary. We, uh, <laughs> oh, so, oh, when I was reading my book last night, right? So I actually, a decent flow going on, and then there's this word that I, I can, I know what it is, but I can't say it very well. And like the whole flow of my story stops while I try and say it in my oh. head correctly. And I'm like, this is just ruining my story. Have you tried saying it out loud? Well, I couldn't even get my tongue around it correctly in my head. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe if if you practice it and then you write it like you say it. <laughs> in my book. In your book. <laughs> Did you ever keep a journal? Yes. Because you've got a blog, so I presume you must have kept a journal. I found my 14-year-old journal <gasps> just before moving over here. And, oh, was I a teenager or what? Oh. <laughs> Threw it out. <laughs> No. You would have loved it, but no, throw oh, it out. I remember I th I tried to keep a journal, but I think I got outright bored. I love, like, my journal is basically me talking to myself. Right. It's basically what my blog is too, to be honest. <laughs> my lockdown diary only got so long because I talk a lot of mm -hmm. crap. For as... For as... I hesitate to say this because it sounds really, really egotistical and vain. For how open-minded I am and how creative I am, 
I can't write to like a journal because the logical part of my brain says, it's not a real person. Why are you writing in that? And I tell myself that it's That's why you're writing it to you. Exactly, but I can't get my head around it. Future you will one day read this. But the part of my head tells me, no, you won't, because you know what you wrote, so you why, don't. why do you go, need to write I go down? back and read some of my early blogs, <laughs> especially if you go on to the... Because so, you can put them in different topics. Right. And I, I haven't ranted on my blog for a while, but when you go to the rantings of a loony, which is what my <laughs> rants were under, some of them are rather entertaining. Okay. And it's just, I was reading some of them the other day, it's like, oh, kind of funny, actually. Like, maybe I could write comedy. <laughs> But at the time that I wrote them, I was usually quite angry about something. I found my old Tumblr blog some years ago. Tumblr did blog? Tumblr. Oh, yeah. That's, that was what its original purpose was. Oh, okay. <laughs> before, I missed that whole period of time. Before just memes and video sharing. Mm-hmm. There was these texts. You could make a text... Um, what would they call it? Not a text document, but a text post. And you had a yeah. video post and you had an image oh. post. And I found, some years ago, I found my old Tumblr blog. And I, I'm i glad that I don't know how to find it anymore. The I absolute be, nonsense. I'd be scared if I found my old Bebo account. <laughs> oh, Bebo! Because it's technically my teddy bear's Bebo account. Okay. A picture of him and everything. Right. Talking about what he gets up to each I got day. a lot of people liking the picture that I posted of Glenny <laughs> behind the <laughs> microphone. I think it was Where did you my, post it? I posted it to my Facebook. I need to go find this. <laughs> No tag one, myself in it. No one said anything. Probably <laughs> think you've got a new friend. They're All like, they're oh, Luke's got it. a friend now. Well, I, I posted along. I posted along with it. Special guest in the studio today. <laughs> I have. I used to write kids' stories for Glenny when mm-hmm. I was little. Uh, Dad made up a few additional myths and legends. Oh yes. Um, for me and Glenny. Including one on why there are clouds. Why there are clouds. I made it into a proper little bound book and everything. I like marshmallows because they're like edible clouds. I love marshmallows. Great. I'm adamant there's a different taste between the pink and the white ones. Yes. I know some people say there's not, but there is. And then the chocolate ones taste different again. The the green ones are yummy. I can't wait till Christmas when they come out. green marshmallows? Oh, there are green marshmallows. Yeah, when you get the the Christmas tree ones. Yes. Oh, and at Christmas time you can get the Christmas tree ones and there's white, pink, green and brown. How do you you differentiate between the flavours of the white and pink marshmallows? I can pink sweeter. Because I... Like such a moron. For as good with words as I like to think that I am, the only way that I can articulate the difference in flavour of the white and pink marshmallows is the pink one tastes pinker than the white one, and the white one tastes whiter than the pink one. I can't put my finger on it. I can't figure it out. I think the pink ones are slightly sweeter. Not a lot, but they've got a bit more sweetness in them. I think that's because pinks are cuter colours than white. (laughs) words aren't any better than yours. <laughs> <laughs> I just, every time I, I'm thinking about it now, and, I, and the only word that comes to me is, uh, yeah, the white one tastes whiter. <laughs> I can't think of anything else. The, the, there's just a big W in my vision right now. <laughs> Have we're, you set the marshmallow to Wombo? We're back on the food and travel show. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about words. We are. Everyone, send in 
what, what word do you have to differentiate the marshmallows? Yeah. How do you think they taste different? How do you think they taste <laughs> it's, it's probably one of those things like, um, like pineapple on pizza. You either, you either, I couldn't give a toss. <laughs> one of the best things about getting pineapple on pizza is if I'm sharing pizza with my brother, he mm-hmm. doesn't like the pineapple, so I get his pineapple, which means oh, I get double pineapple. Oh, nice. Wow. I think that's what I used to do for my sister because I became a meat lover's kid. Oh, mm. yes. I'm Richard's generally a meat lover's. I am pizza that I didn't have to cook. Yes. That's my yeah. pre- preference, yeah. basically. Pizza that I didn't have to cook or pay for is my absolute yeah. favourite. And that require no dishes. Yes. It's my yeah. absolute favourite. Yeah. Yeah, that was... Those are always the best. But unfortunately, it's sort of like a Venn diagram. (laughs) (laughs) Don't have to pay for. No dishes. Don't have to cook. You can only have two. (laughs) I would go don't have to pay for and don't have to cook. I'll do dishes. I don't mind doing dishes. Okay, okay. But I'd rather not have to cook. I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay with cooking it because... I kind of like the... I'm, I'm getting off track. I should stop talking about well, food. This is not we could We could incorporate a recipe into it because that's got words. A recipe. Yeah, I actually have a really easy pizza-based recipe at home. Oh, yes? Yeah, it's got like three ingredients. Okay. It's got flour, yep. water, and herbs. <laughs> Sorry, that made it's me laugh. It's a garlic laugh. pizza. Yeah, but that's just for the base, and then you just add all the other stuff mm. you want on it. Very easy to make. I like my Vienna bread pizza bread. That sounds good. That sounds like it contains gluten. Oh, yeah. Which would make me sick, so it sounds gross. There's probably 50 tonnes of gluten. (laughs) (laughs) I'm made of gluten. (laughs) My doctor says I'm made of caffeine and sugar. (laughs) Yeah. And and a little spark. (laughs) A little bit. There's just a little red hair coming through. Adding a bit of personality. (laughs) So how's how's it going with with our recipe ghostwriter I haven't person. seen him. He didn't come to the meeting oh. that we last had. He's busy. He's rehearsing for Hound. For Hound? Yeah, the real Inspector oh, Hound. that's, yep. Because um, he's also a director and he apparently also writes plays and stuff. Okay. So when he's finished with that, I'm going to hit him up and say, Oi, mm, come on down. All I know li- you're not busy. You work from home. All of our <laughs> listeners want to know. <laughs> yeah. What is being a ghost cookbook writer like? When- a ghost cookbook writer. <laughs> I always the feel whole like book is just. <laughs> I feel like when he goes to work, he has to put on like that sheet over him and become a ghost, <laughs> so that no one knows who he is. <laughs> you write that, Casper. <laughs> Do you want a coffee? Oh, Casper could talk, couldn't he? Yeah, but I don't know. I'm childish like that. <laughs> Did Casper start out as a book? Or was Casper just a straight-up yeah. film? I, I remember seeing Casper as a film. We are watching at home one day, and this is when I worked out that my dad does not always tell the truth. So Parents don't tell the truth? He doesn't. So he came in, and he's, like, watching just towards the end. And then, like, his eyes start crying, and I was like, Dad, are you crying? And he goes, no, no, it's just eye strain. And he normally says that. It's like... But you haven't watched the whole movie. You've eye only strain. been here for like quarter of an hour. Why are your eyes tired? Whereas normally you're at the movie theatre and he starts right. crying at the end of something like Beauty and the Beast and you think, oh, your eye strain, it's been like an hour and a bit. Maybe okay. his eyes are sore. That's when I realised, I was like, no, Dad, 
like gets emotional at stuff. Aww. <laughs> That's cute. Dads should be more emotional about things, yeah. openly emotional about things. Oh, my, my dad is. He thinks me and mum are a bit callous because we're <laughs> not as openly emotional in movies. I get quite emotional with some books, though, mm-hmm. in all fairness. There is a couple of books that I know that I have to put them down because I won't be able to read mm-hmm. when I get to a certain point because I'll be crying a bit too much. <laughs> so we've, we've talked about writing comedy, comedy a little bit. Mm-hmm. What would you write for a comedy bit or a sketch? What would the subject matter be? If I was right, well, first off, I would want to do like a little comic strip mm-hmm. and I would need to incorporate my friend who's an artist to help me with this. Right. I'm not quite so sure. So by incorporating, you mean conscript? I should voluntarily do it. She's going to draw my D&D character for me. <laughs> cool. I know. <laughs> See, <laughs> the look on your face is, oh yeah, she um, should do it. Because she knows better. <laughs> uh, well, she designed a tattoo for me because I asked. I'm sure she'd draw a comic strip for That's me. That's cool. Yeah. So I don't know what our content would be. Um, it would probably depend on what mood we were in and how much wine had been drunk <laughs> as to what our topic was. Okay, so there would be no planning. It would be just, right, let's... Yeah, yeah. I was about to hit the table there. That would there have been a terrible would probably be a very strong feminine... Like, That'd be the main characters, mm-hmm. and that'd be strong females mm-hmm. because she likes drawing females, and I like lead females. So right, probably be along those lines, yeah. some kind. I don't know. Maybe they'll be fighting something, mm-hmm. like a Wonder Woman type character. Yeah, I don't know. No okay. idea. <laughs> maybe steampunk. Quite like steampunk. Oh, steampunk. Go to Omaru. They have a steampunk museum. I plan to go there at some point. Mm. Yeah, that's eventually. cool. I mean, I've, I've been around the South Island. Me and my brother did a two-week road trip right. years and years back, but we didn't stop, we didn't go. I don't know. I've never been to the South Island. It's quite pretty. Yeah. I would just. It's really boring in places. <laughs> it's like really long straights, and it's just really boring mm. around Canterbury. Well, that's why you... you Get your phone up in front of your face because you're only driving the straight line. You'll be fine. It's a lot of cars. uh, Yeah, but you're driving the straight line. You'll be fine. Trust me. (laughs) My car doesn't always drive in a straight line. Cleo has a mind of her own. Yeah. (laughs) So nothing to do with me. Mm -hmm. I wrote a Mr. Bean episode once. Oh, yeah. Did he go and act it out for you? (laughs) No. That would have been cool. I would... Mr. Bean. Rowan Atkinson is someone who I would love to meet. If I could write and have it come off the way it needs to come off. I'd love to have been able to write for Dave Allen. Like, mm. that's the sort of comedy I'd love to be able to achieve. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's never going to happen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is he still alive? I vaguely think he is, mm. but not doing comedy or anything. Either that or yeah. I just watched an episode recently where he was really, really, really old and I assumed he was still alive. <laughs> Did you know that Christopher Lee lived until he was, like, 98? He was old as hell. I didn't know he died. Oh, yeah, he died a few years ago. Oh, wow. (laughs) one for me. I tend to miss most people. I think the only person I found out on time that he died was Michael Jackson. I was not happy. There was a rant on my blog about him dying. Oh, I found out uh, uh, when Robin Williams died. Mm. I was very, very sad. Because Genie Aladdin, mm. he was number one. 
Yeah. <laughs> I was absolutely gutted when I found out that Spike Milligan died. Oh, Spike Milligan, yeah. Well, he was alive. He reads Bad Jelly the Witch the best, which, mm. by the way, is going to be on Kids Time on Sunday morning at 7 a.m. There you go. On Radio Kidnappers. With Penelope the Pixie. Penelope. <laughs> Totally not me. I'm now not full of a plot Yes. Anyway, it's about time we wrap this awesome ass show up. Everyone's probably sick of us by now. I'm probably going, dude, how are they still talking? Yeah, just go have a sandwich or something. <laughs> Get out oh, of I'd here. I'd love a sandwich. Yeah, I'm going to go home and have one. I'm going to go home and have chocolate fish for dinner. Because they're, fi- yeah, they're fish. They've got omegas in them. <laughs> fully healthy. Chocolate fish li- cod liver oil. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye. This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a community access media station. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible.